Here we oh, yeah. go. Oh yeah. Again. Uh-huh. What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. We are your hosts Nate, not Brandon, but John, and Brandino's back. <laughs> yeah. There he is. And today we will recap this past Saturday night's UFC fight night which was headlined by Misha Tate versus Ketlin Vieira. No UFC card to preview this coming week, but we will get you caught up on all the news and headlines and MMA from this past week. Then we will finish off with a special Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings with Brandon, where he's going to tell us who he thinks will be the champions in every division by the end of 2022 next year. Bold strategy, Cotton. Mm -hmm. All that and more on this week's episode, but first, boys... What is up? You guys miss me? That's not for us to determine. We say that every time. Yeah. We leave that to the listeners. No, I'm asking you guys, like you two. Uh, we love you here. Yeah. Okay. When you decide to be here. Yeah. It's not like, okay, let's let's back up for a second. <laughs> it's not like I miss a whole lot of episodes. Right. You just I, wouldn't get like the attendance bonus. And I've never offer. missed more than mm-hmm. one in a row. Mm. That's a good point. So, well, I had that one exemption. Mm. Yeah. But look at me. I got a broken freaking foot, and I'm so... Wow, you're just going to pick on him? Yeah. Ugh. Can't I'm even defend to defend myself. trying to defend myself a little bit. But while we're on it, let's start out with a little story. I'm excited. I was yeah. waiting for it. That I was really eager. Are you familiar, Brandon, with Wally Pip? No. Are you familiar with the term getting Wally Pipped? No. All right. Let me give you a little history lesson. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got your phone open? Write this down. So Wally Pipp was a first baseman for the New York Yankees in the 1920s. Okay. Okay. Wally Pipp showed up to a game um, in, I found the date, June 2nd, 1925. Mm -hmm. Showed up to a game at Yankee Stadium, uh, told the coach and the trainer that uh, he had a headache Mm -hmm. and didn't want to play that day. Yeah. They said, that's fine. We got this young first baseman. You know, we'll let him have a little shot, let him play. You just come back tomorrow and we'll play you tomorrow. Well, the first baseman was a guy named Lou Gehrig. I know that name. You're familiar with that name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Wally Pipp's famous line, so they gave him two aspirin and sent him home. His famous line is, that's the most expensive two aspirin I've ever taken in my life because Wally Pipp got Wally Pipped. Okay. (laughs) Because that game, Lou Gehrig went three for three. I think he might have had a home run in that game. Mm -hmm. The rest is history. You get it. Sure. Yeah, you know him. So what I'm saying is don't get Wally Pipped. Okay. Are you, are you we, saying we got you got somebody sitting we, on the sidelines? We got a couple Lou Gehrigs. Let's be honest. We've had Jacob Herlock on here. Mm-hmm. We've had our boy Dino Swope. Right. Hey, the boy Q10 Williams, we could call him right now. And Anybody. He will, he will make up whatever. Anybody from the bachelor party. I'm saying, we've got some heat on deck, mm-hmm. so don't get Wally Pipped. Wow. Okay. But we want you here. Let's right, 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 right. <laughs> we're glad, we're glad we don't we don't want to Wally Pip you. We don't want. Yeah, we don't. We're not looking for Lou Gehrig. I, f- I feel like I need to like set some sort of policy in place where I can get like some vacation days, mm, maybe something like that. Maybe like a PA. Yeah, you'd have to get a union involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got you got to unionize. Yeah, dude. We, we won't ask you how you feel about <laughs> unions. Okay, we'll, yeah. we won't go there. Yeah, I mean, um, we would be cool with it, but well, boys. Other than that, anything going on this week that anybody cares to share? Anybody care to share from the past week? Anything good? Mm, no, not really, man. Right. I'm, I'm kind of excited that we're doing this on a, a Saturday. Yes. A little, little change up. So this is a very, yeah, this is a little rare with the holidays and stuff coming up. And obviously we all have family um, um, 
what would be the word? Obligations. Obligations, yes. On different days this next couple week, uh, weeks, I mean... So we're recording this. Uh, literally, Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate just finished, like literally five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, also want to shout out to our boy, Sean Fallon, Ooh. who is fighting in the B2 Welterweight Grand Prix tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, since we are recording this on Saturday, he hasn't even fought yet. Yeah. So uh, hoping he gets a victory. Uh, we did a mat talk with him. You can go back and check that out. Really good one. As usual, go back and check out all of our mat talks. Mm-hmm. We still get a ton of listens to our Jim Windler one. Yeah. I mean, that's one like, and I'm only bringing that one up because we did it so, it feels like so long ago. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we still continuously. I feel like the Van Camp one gets a couple every. The Van Camp one. I mean, all of them yeah. still do. Like mm-hmm. our 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 uh, mat talks are ones that, because they're perfect, you know, like our, our weekly podcast, you, you kind of got to stay up to date, mm-hmm. you know, but like the mat talks you can go back and listen to those whenever yeah you don't need any context exactly it's easy. exactly it's just it's probably, us. It's probably bryce's favorite episodes the mat talks maybe yeah. there's no ufc that's talk a good, that's a good question maybe yeah. we got more on the way oh yeah uh, for sure um brandon let the people know before we get into this card though let the people know what do we ask them to do every week for us okay specifically if you're on apple mm-hmm. please leave us a review a comment let us know how we're doing um but on all the other platforms give us a like um, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, get more people involved. Social media. Social me- I'm getting there. Give I'm me just a second, sure, man. Man. You ain't been here. I don't know. <laughs> Social media, which I am totally against, but the two other members of this podcast are very much for. Um, so if you're on Facebook, Instagram, well, not Facebook, just kidding. If you're on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter please give us a follow, shout outs, all those things. There, there it is. There's been people who send messages just for you and I just leave them there until you eventually get to it. I know Fanny Pack has like wanted to specifically say stuff to you and like there are messages and I just kind of leave it because I've seen I've seen a few of them. Yeah, they're just more for you. Okay. Well, boys, like we mentioned, we just watched it, but for the people that may be listening to this on Monday, as all of you are, this past Saturday, Ketlin Vieira just defeated Misha Tate via unanimous decision. Thoughts, first impressions, I guess, on the main event that we just witnessed. She looked good, man. Vera looked good. Um, Tate looked good as well. I mean, she seemed like she was in it until until she, you know, I'm not going to say she was ever really out of it, but mm-hmm. um, Vera just had crisper boxing. Um, Tate was able to utilize a little bit of wrestling, but it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. The, the same way, I thought the same thing about some of the other fights tonight, but it, kind of a weird night of fights. I will oh, say yeah. it overall. I mean, we'll get to it as we run down this card, but yeah, man, like, I don't know. I felt really like... And maybe, like, we can get to it a little bit more, but maybe it's the apex is just kind of, like, let's just get, like, let's be done with the apex, Mm -hmm. man. Like, I don't want to start blaming or making excuses on different things, but it just burned itself out, man. Like, I'm just kind of over. I'd rather just not do it. like Especially with fans, like, since we have them now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, um, not necessarily for this one, because I think Misha is very, very tough, so I don't think that, you know, the finish is very easy to come by but it seems like when you don't have that extra juice from the fans and the atmosphere you at this point from this card it kind of felt like once it got to like the third round people were just a little bit except for yeah a couple people tried to go for it but i, I don't know it just seems like it wasn't as electric as these past pay-per-views have been yeah yeah well it's just tough because we are getting pay-per-views and mm-hmm. sold out arenas and then we're coming 
back. It almost like, it's almost like this like negative thing that's like sending us back in time. You know? Cause like <laughs> yeah. it, it served a great purpose for a really long time mm-hmm. and, and we'll forever all as uh, mixed martial arts fans will forever all be grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's run its course and I'm not saying never do them. You know, if you want to do a couple a year, maybe like four or five of them a year, but man, I, I really hope as we're getting ready to roll into <clears throat> 2022 uh, that we get back mm-hmm. to some, uh, you know, live arena fight nights. Yeah. And I, I will say, though, too, if you are going to do them, keep them in these time slots, please. Like, yeah, the earlier. I love being able to get it yeah. and not be toward the end of the night where you can't do anything For else. Sure. Or, mm-hmm. For sure. Well, more on this main event, though. So mm-hmm. uh, I agree kind of like what Brandon said. I was really, um, even in a loss, which it was really interesting. Um, I'm not, a, I hate talking, like, it's so weird because we just saw it. So you think it'd be so fresh in our minds. It'd be easier to talk about. I'm personally somebody I like to take, I love having to do mm. our pod the next night, <laughs> take some time. I can rewatch it. Uh, okay. I can, you know, see more reactions, listen to more people that I value their opinions on and kind of get more feel for like how I personally feel. So this is all the, all these fights that we're going to, you know, recap are all first impression, mm-hmm. you know, so bear with us if we, you think we're way off. This is first impression. Um, yeah, I feel like Misha was in it the whole time. I actually saw a lot of good things out of Misha. I don't know where I'm, you know, she didn't say in her post fight anything about retiring, but Mm -hmm. you know, she's been very clear that she's back for the title. Um, and this is a big slip up, you know, again, somebody that isn't at the top, but is definitely right up Mm -hmm. there now, especially now. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe not that she didn't look like she didn't belong in there either. I saw a lot of really positive things out of Misha, but it's going to be really interesting now moving forward with Misha's, does she want to now, you know, now this is a step down, you know, maybe does she try to go up to 45, you know, maybe challenge up there. Mm. You know, there is a couple options for, like I said, I don't think that's definitely not the last we've seen of her, but right. it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Misha now because she's in this weird position that's kind of unprecedented too. Yeah, I would say this. They gave her the number eight spot after beating a girl who was ready to retire. There's not a lot of star power as far as like I think well-known. Renew is ranked like 12 though, to be fair. Okay, but what I'm saying is there's not a lot of big names in the division that haven't already been up there and through the, through the ringer uh, with the champion. So... I think she, because she has a name, she's always two, three fights probably away yeah. from getting back up into that rankings. Sure. I did think Ketlin really did um, really well. I, I do think that what her corner was asking for could have been what put her super over the yeah. top. Because as you watch like fighters say their tweets, some people had you know Misha the scoring was one. all over the place. And, and here's the thing, I get it because there was like this back and forth thing. But here was my main problem with Misha. I felt like she feels like she's better at like slipping punches and stuff than she is with this little wide dancing mm-hmm. around stuff. Cause every time she would do that, she would try to do some weird stuff and then she'd throw a punch miss and then eat three. Yeah. Like it, it just seemed well, very I think she unnecessary. I think she was eating multiple punches in the beginning, but then Vieira kind of slowed down too. You know, like she kind of got really defensive and kind of quit going for it as well. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Vieira, I think DC even said it there at the end was she's going to look back on this fight and realize she missed a lot of opportunities oh, to really sure. let it go. Um, because there was a couple of times, man, where uh, Misha did put together some really good, good combinations and was landing really big shots now Mm -hmm. she didn't get you know obviously never 
I mean, Vieira ate everything, and yeah. she did land some big shots. Yeah, that up kick was really nice. Um, yeah. I, or the front kick, I mean. But I, I do think that the real deal of this is this. Misha Tate would not have ate those from Amanda. The punches that she ate tonight, the people don't eat those from Amanda. So yeah. her 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 stand-up, I mean, granted, she might not have done this against Amanda, but in the realm of where she was trying to go, she definitely still needs to do some work on her stand, like her keeping her hands up, head movement, getting out the way, because she ate a lot. So I know she's got this new show out, like the Misha Tate 2.0 stuff, and she's been putting a lot into just kind of being this new, she, she kind of reinvented herself a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see anything from her tonight that made me think like, oh yeah, this like this is going to be, you know, a girl who's going to get to the top pretty soon. Like, And I and I and that sounds really harsh, but I just don't know that I've seen anything from her that seems like a big improvement from where she was. She's mm-hmm. got good wrestling. She's got okay hands and she's really, really tough. Like she, she's definitely very tough, but I just don't know if I saw anything that in my opinion, put her, you know, heads mm-hmm. into, head, you know, above the, the rest of the field. Yeah. And I think with Ketlin that her ability to use that jab over and over and just keep that distance. Oh yeah. She keeps sharpening that and there's nobody, I mean, it would take like an Amanda or somebody to get past that because she just does it so well. Yeah, the difference in appearance at the end of the fight. Holy oh, cow. I mean, that yeah. fifth round, she opened her up. Yeah, and Misha busting. looked battered and bloodied. And um, Ketlin, man, didn't really, I didn't really see any noticeable no. damage. And like I said, that does say a lot because, I mean, Misha appeared to land some really big shots mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. times in that fight. But yeah, I was really fascinated by the score scoring live, you know, like with the, you know, cage side people and then, you know, people tweeting and stuff coming in. Like, like I said, like you said, I think there was people that had Misha up 3-1 going into that fifth. And I'm yeah, like, I where didn't. do you see this? Like I, but yeah. I kind of felt that in a couple fights where I, you know, on this card where I'm like, man, I don't really see where these scorecards are coming mm-hmm. from. But I guess you guys would all be in agreement that. Ketlin definitely. Yeah, I think, well, when you look at the numbers. I think there was maybe one round I gave to Misha in there, once again, without rewatching yeah. it. And it was like one of the earlier rounds, maybe like the second. I, I, I don't remember. Well, a lot of people gave her the first because Ketlin first went thing. for that takedown and didn't get it. Yeah. But it's like what Dean Thomas said is he, she didn't realize that her right hand was doing so much damage, so she thought she had to do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I think that, uh, I don't know, man, I... I think Misha Tate definitely has some work to do, and I think Ketlin definitely put a lot of people on notice. Do you think she has the time to do it, though? I mean, she's 35. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's just going to be interesting now. You know, does she want to continue to invest? Because I'll be honest, I think, I think there was a lot of positives out of Misha. I think her striking did look fairly improved from what we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Renew fight, I thought it looked better in there. Um, but I feel like in a sense, like Misha almost needed this fight to really see, mm-hmm. because I feel like even like from our perspective now is when she does get back in there, we have a better sample size of what to expect from Misha. Right. And to go five rounds like that is, is a really positive thing for mm-hmm. her because Ketlin is, uh, she's on the come up and she is somebody that I think... You know, we're talking about, you know, our facts. Okay, I don't think she's going to be champion next year, but I think she's going to be competing at the top of this division, mm-hmm. the 130 women's 135 pound division um, within the next year. So I, I think there is positives for Misha. Um, I, like I said, I think she got pretty much dominated in the fight mm-hmm. for the most part. And I, say that to say that I don't think I think she got dominated on a performance that probably wasn't Ke- definitely not what we've seen Ketlin's best no. either so it's a it's still a bit of a mixed bag like I said there's better sample sizes of what she can and can't do now like what Brandon was saying but um 
it's just yeah i don't know man it's just a weird it's such a weird position to be in because she's such a legend but Mm -hmm. you can't send her back to fight like really no yeah Yeah. i mean so it's gonna the booking for her in the next year is gonna be very interesting yeah i was a little frustrated with dc because in that fourth round ketlin was landing good stuff and you know kind of doing what she had been started doing pretty much the whole fight and then dc says something along the lines of but you almost want to want to um, judge it towards Misha because we know what she's done in her old fights in I, these rounds. I think the commentary on this, I, I, I like DC as a commentator. I like, um, is it Brian Fitzgerald? Or I know his name's Fitzgerald. I can't remember. It's the other guy. Mm-hmm. That was some of the worst commentating. Oof. And I think... I don't. They just weren't a good team. They yeah. seem to have pretty good chemistry, but they were not a good commentary team. Um, and I like I said, and I'm. It's weird because like I, you throw Paul Felder. Like Paul Felder is usually the third in there. Dominic Cruz has mm-hmm. been the third, and it works a lot better. Those two together, it just didn't work to me for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. And I feel like that was a lot of the misleading we were getting on. You know, you're seeing the live tweets from people. You know, and, yeah. and, and looking at you know other fi- in reactions is you know I think people do sometimes invest so heavily in what the commentators are saying mm-hmm. rather than really physically watching because like i'm watching and i'm like i feel like it's as clear as day right i didn't listen to it with commentary <laughs> it I, was, I usually don't so. as, it, as you were saying that, i was like i know one. this dude's like well yeah, it would have been a good one not to I do my own i mean man it just was they were just they were just kind of all over the place i felt like a little bit and um yeah, I don't know. It, it was just kind of a weird night of fights. It yeah. was, I mean, and, and there were some great fights too. So right. it's just weird. But yeah, moving forward for it, it's just going to be interesting with Misha and Ketlin. I mean, right up there. She's, she's be definitely f- got to find a way to get urgent. Yeah. Because, it was, you know, her last fight she loses because she kind of wasn't know, urgent. It's, it's real close. She, she wasn't urgent. Especially as the fight goes on. Yeah. And this fight, I do think she opened up in the fifth. I think she once she started yeah. busting her up, she opened up. But I do think she needs a if she could have worked in some head kicks, that fight would have been Dude, over that, in the like, third. That like uppercut left hook, left hook yeah. combo. Yeah. Dude, she was like stinging with me. Yeah. And then she just like quit throwing. I mean, her right hand in general, like, which was clearly is her power shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just wouldn't throw it. And she like, didn't seem to take to the coaching. Uh, no. As far as like during the during the fight, well, then they told her like not to take her down between mm-hmm. one of the rounds, and I'm like, she. I mean, we talked about it last week's episode. Is like how good mm-hmm. you know she is on the ground. It was the first round. Well, I, I think it's what they knew is what ended up happening is that reach was just way too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she they probably knew she had a stinging jab. Keep it out there. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I think she definitely has to find some urgency though because. As she goes up, there's people who's going to hit her back as she's hitting them, and she's going to have to be able to mix it up. Yeah, for sure. Well, the co-main event on this fight, Sean Brady <laughs> defeating Michael Chiesa via unanimous decision. Uh, I'm going to shoot straight to Brandon on this, but because before we hit record, his exact words were, I've never been more frustrated watching a main event. So <laughs> can't kill me. Yeah, so, fill us in. For, I, have to, I have to preface this with I'm a very big Michael Chiesa fan, okay? So there's a lot of bias coming this way. But going into this fight, Chiesa talked over and over about how he was going to get back to his wrestling, which I think is what he needed to do to win this fight. And he went out there and he did not wrestle, and he threw a bunch of knees and got taken down by somebody with better jujitsu, and lost all three rounds. And then the last 20 seconds of the fight is the one time he goes for a decent takedown, hits it, yeah. and does a great job on top. So it's just that I don't... Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this was a I thought this was a really really good showing from Sean Brady. Yeah, um, looked, I mean, dude, the 
ease at which he took Kiesa down mm-hmm. in that first round was impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm like from that first takedown, I knew I pretty much knew Brady was going to win that fight because mm-hmm. if you can impose that kind of game on somebody like Kiesa, who we don't see get imposed like that. I mean, dude, it, he took him down with ease mm-hmm. and then he did it again and then he did it again. Like, I think mm-hmm. he took him down like two or three times in that first round. And I'm like, whoo, this is because we talked about it last week is Kiesa struggles with grapplers. Historically, he always has. I mean, you look at his last fight mm-hmm. with uh, Vincente Luque mm-hmm. um, and he had Luque in some tough spots, but he does struggle with grappling. And man, the, yeah, but like you said, when he... But when he let his striking go in that third round, I thought he looked the better striker. There, there were a few times where Kiesa did clip him. And, and again, yeah. I, want, I don't want to take anything away from Brady because he fought a fantastic fight. Yeah. He looked amazing. But yeah, the few times, like is now that you say that, in that third round, Kiesa did land quite yeah. a few good shots. He just was coming. I mean, he just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, really, really impressive performance from Sean Brady. 15-0 and 0 now, yeah. undefeated over a big name guy, or a big win now over a guy like Kiesa. Uh, propels him really, really high in this welterweight division. Yeah, I think uh, they said Kiesa had never been taken down more than two times. Yeah. And he got took down like six times. And in this controlled, one. man, like controlled yeah. with ease the on the control. back. Yeah. That was insane. I will say for, you know, for Kiesa, if you're if you're a coach, you're happy because he did know he was down to and yeah, he had to he go went and for he it. went for it. Yeah. Um, I think like you said, you know, some of the things he did – you know, as they go back and watch it, it's like, well, maybe if you do this round two, I think know. I think if Kiesa goes out there and he unloads a little quicker, throws less knees, and wrestles more, that's a that's a totally different yeah. fight. Yeah, obviously, we're sitting here Monday night, quarter, Monday morning quarterbacking, but yeah, well, and I, with the letting go, because he's such a good wrestler, you kind of have to be a little bit more reserved you think so maybe when you know you're down too you don't care so they they had mentioned when on commentary i think it was dean thomas had mentioned that the eye pokes switched up kiesas yeah. but i didn't i actually was it's thinking to myself as i'm before he even said that um i noticed a difference in, and i think once again if we go back and watch it we'll see you guys might be able to see it maybe i like i said i'll first watch mm-hmm. um sean brady clipped kiesa i think once or twice in the first round then again in the second but in that first round he clipped him once or twice and like like kind of stung kiesa temp for like a second and i think what happened is kiesa i think it kind of got in kiesa's head a little bit because i mean they were some big shots mm-hmm. commentary missed them um which is why i think they got over i, I know i'm being a little critical right. but they, they did miss him because right. i was like oh you know i like reacted really hard because he hit him it was like a check left or like it, not a check left but he kind of came over the top i think with a left hook and kiesa just went like mm-hmm. like you know you could see him rink get wrong a little bit and um but yeah i so i think that's kind of more what it was than the eye pokes like they mm-hmm. had implied um but man Sean Brady is going to be a tough guy to beat. I would say if I'm being a little critical, if you're going to spend that much time on the back, controlling the back, I would like to see a little bit more urgency for the finish. Um, I did mm-hmm. think he gassed a little bit, which is probably why we didn't see it, which is kind of interesting in his post-fight. He said he wants a main event because he wants to go five rounds and he wants to show his cardio, but mm-hmm. then right before that said that he was tired. So I think cardio could be an issue going forward. I mean, yeah. I, I would like to see him get that a little shirt up because he did seem to gas yeah and and i think well i will say about the eye poke though when you get two of them in a row you have to start looking at and thinking about your hand because the next one's a point 
Yeah, there might be some, but he did. And he was clear. trying to he control did. that lead hand and kind of pull it down. But that's what I'm saying. But Brady came over the top yeah. of it, and I think that's why he more corrected because he was leaving that out there, and then Brady timed it and came mm-hmm. over the top. And that, to me, is when he really he he got really unsure of himself. And that was also uh, it was either right before or right after the takedown. So I think at that point he's like, okay, I've been hit big now. Now I just got taken down with relative ease, mm-hmm. you know. So I think in your head you're like, well, there goes plans A and B <laughs> out the window. If you're Kiesa, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we knew. He, Go ahead. Sorry, the, he, the other thing I noticed because I mentioned the knees, he was landing some good knees from yeah. the clinch, and I think I wonder if part of what he was thinking was he was going to really, really hurt Brady with those knees because yeah. he kept going back to him. And he that's how he got taken down twice yeah. was from him catching a knee. Mm-hmm. He just caught that single leg. So yeah, that was just something else I noticed. But. Yeah, and I, and I think you know, it, I do think that you want to see a little bit more from him from being on the back that long. But as Chiesa, somebody who's been getting. You know, choked out. I mean, all of his mm-hmm. losses are submissions. You got to think he's obviously well. That's what I'm saying. Really you know? tough to get to, though. No, for sure. But you know, I, I just think that shows the difference in levels too of like a Vincente Luque and a Sean Brady. Is I don't want to see Sean Brady thrown up against like a Luque or you know, like let's ease him up a little bit more. You know, um, because I think there still is some developmental things that he can benefit from getting better. At. It's going to be tough though because he's 15 and 0. Yeah, right? and he just beat, well, just, and he just beat number six who. You know, up until his last fight against Luke, we all thought, um, dude, this guy's gonna That's be what Kamara was saying. Yeah, like, like this, this might guy be the next he guy. could be the next guy. Um, dude, and he is so big. Like yes, it's crazy that he made 155 pounds, mm-hmm. man. That is nuts. He mm-hmm. is massive, massive. Um, go ahead. One thing this is kind of this is related to the fight, but not related to the fighters, but I just noticed it a couple times on this card. Do you guys think there's any room for when when fighters are on the back of another fighter and they're in that position for a long time and there's not a lot of development or offense going on, do you feel like that's a position where you could potentially stall out, or do you feel like if, no, if you're on the back, you you can, there's no way to stall out. You let that play out, boy. Because there was a few times this fight where I'm like, man, he's on the back, which is a dominant position, but there's not a lot happening. I mean, they're hand fighting. There's not really any shots. But if you're in guard doing that, they're standing you up. Right. Or if you're in the clinch, you're doing that. They're they're breaking you apart. It's tough because you know I think if you ask like a Joe Rogan, he would say you need to find a way out and to which, find a which way I to get agree up. With. That's where sure. I'm at, and, and and it's a little I don't know. Yeah, it is tough because like it's like do you view the body lock as offense? Because I would say that's a hold. You know, you, I'm not saying it's a submission hold necessarily. Is it like is it similar to being in someone in your guard? I mean, it, and that's where you like, so I'm saying you're getting weird. Cause then it's like, you know, well, is close guard a hold, you know, mm-hmm. and I see what you're saying, but, um, you know, there is actually offensive benefits to a body lock, right? You know, you're tightening on a guy's waist. It's hard to breathe. Every time they breathe, if you can make it tighter, they're going to get less breaths back in. So they have to address it. They do have to address it in a sense. So it's tougher with a body lock than maybe guard because I guess me person this is just a personal thing is I see the body lock as more offensive and more like I said once again I'm not by any means saying it's a submission mm-hmm. but it is a hold um, and, it, and it is something that needs address and that you have to address to get out of that position as to where I'm not saying it's easier to break guard by any means um, yeah I don't know it, it's really weird it's a it's a weird sticky situation what yeah. I would say is I would say you 
you, the difference is, is there's always an attack. When somebody has, unless somebody, unless you have both their arms locked in, they're always throwing that arm over for a choke, and you have to address it. It's an attempt. When it starts going under the chin and they start trying to re-get their arm out, that's an attempt at a submission. So that's that to me, that's the equivalent to being in a guard and landing small shots. That's a good point. But, I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely versions of it where you can see guys, you know, going for trying to take a break or just trying to mm-hmm. put that body lock on them to make them wear them down in the same way you would do like a, um, a clinch or, you know, holding them up against the cage. Where you know you're landing little stuff, maybe you're doing a lot more standing there. But if somebody's constantly throwing their arm over, mm. I feel like the fact that you have to keep on addressing that makes it a submission attempt, which makes yeah. it a little bit busy. It was just something I was thinking about. Looking at the rankings, this is going to be interesting for Sean Brady because he's number fourteen. Uh, Li Jingling is above him at twelve, who just lost. So I have to imagine you know he'll leap him. Uh, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio is above him. Jeff Neal, Hamzat's number ten now. Bilal, Neil Magny. Uh, Masvidal, Kiesa's at six, Wonderboy, Luke, Leon, Gilbert, Colby. Um, that's your kind of top. I don't really know. Man, a lot of these guys are tied up right now. Who's Wonderboy guy? Didn't we just announce last week Wonderboy just got announced for Bilal, right? Yeah, I believe so. That, oh. We just announced it last week. Okay. I can't um, quite remember. I, I got it right here in my notes. Let me double check that just to make sure. I mean, maybe moving them up to 12 is about right. Yeah, but I'm just, it's, um, hold on, I'm trying to, Wonder Boy, yeah, Bilal Muhammad, so they're matched up. I think uh, Jeff Neal just got matched up with a fight, too. Yeah, some of these guys are coming off a loss, I mean. I don't think Ponza Nibio has a fight right now. Yeah, but. you can maybe do, I wouldn't be mad about that, just because I don't think you should propel him way high right now, but, uh, but yeah, just a thought, just throwing that out there. Do you, yeah. think, do you think him and Hamzad is, they're they're both too. Well, we'll get to it in the news. It sounds like they might have a fight for Hamzat. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that. Okay, we'll we'll wait till that. Yeah. So There's I mean, at it's least not a potential. It's not it. official. Yeah. I saw more on that that made me think that was less. Likely. Maybe it is. It might be. But if not, I mean, Hamzat's definitely. Um, I think, and that that's interesting, right? Because Hamzat's going to take him down and. John Brady's a very very high level black belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he has good takedowns himself. Who? Uh, Sean, Sean Brady. Brady, yeah, dude, really I mean, good. Because he wasn't just doing the same takedown over and over in this. He was adjusting, switching it up. Yeah. I think one of the fights, this next fight, is probably the one I'm most excited for. Tyler Santos defeating Joanne Wood, formerly Joanne Calderwood. She just got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, changing her last name via rear naked choke in round one. That's four in a row now for Tyler Santos over some really, really big-name opponents. She looked good. Um, kind of look, I just looking at the rankings before you guys got here because I got really excited about She looked scary. Mm-hmm. Um, in that division right now, you talk about, uh, you know, getting some uh, some contenders for Valentina and stuff. Uh, but somebody above her who's coming off a win that we just saw last week is Andrea Lee. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that would be a great, great matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, thoughts on uh, Tyler Santos over Joanne Wood? I think she looked better everywhere. <sighs> Ever, her. dude. And it, it, man. It looked scary. She yeah. looks scary. I love when, when I come off of a fight and, like, a fighter like that comes out because here's the thing, uh, Joe. I keep wanting to call her Calderwood. Joanne Wood last like well this year. What last year? This year we thought, hey, she's one fight away from a title, mm-hmm. and then she just lost to um, who'd she just lose to? She just lost to Murphy. Yeah, Lauren Murphy. Um, you know, and then Murphy went on and fought for the title. That was a number one contender match. That was, right? a, yeah. that was a close fight, wasn't it? A split decision. Yeah, split yeah. decision, yeah. which is and, crazy. And she's... I think I kind of maybe thought Joanne. I don't mm-hmm. don't call me recall or. Uh, 
hold me to that, but I feel like I felt like Joanne could have won that fight too. But man, for Tyler Santos to come out and be her, man, that's nuts. Another and in the fashion one. she did, very dominant. Yeah, I think and I I don't man, this is gonna sound sexist, but I promise it's not. <laughs> so when it's a good way not to be racist, but <laughs> it's a good way to start out your point. I just feel like there's not many female fighters that can hit hard enough to yeah. knock girls down like that <sighs> man so when it happens man it's, it, it's, it's just, different yeah and, and she's just one she's just one of those girls in it and it was just on display tonight and it, it was awesome dude when joanne hit the mat they had like a perfect camera and her whole she was just like like she didn't know where she was at i mean mm -hmm. her eyes were all funky and i mean that was a big shot she was man. all over her yeah she was i wouldn't be mad to see her and jennifer maya either jennifer maya is another one yeah that's a good because maya's one above joanne yeah um obviously you know lauren i mean anybody up there in that top five i think there's nobody else that's really knocking on the door that hard yeah as far as i mean andrea andrea lee is obviously yeah they just both just fought both looked really good and wins and and, mm -hmm. and two younger i think that'd be a good matchup of like next one you know that's the next one to kind of move up the ladder a little bit but mm -hmm. uh in a division that needs contenders boy right look out for tyla santos mm -hmm. Oof, for sure scary ronnie yaya defeating kyung ho kong excuse me my phone just messed up yeah via unanimous decision i almost forgot what it was uh good win for Yon ronnie yaya i think they said that's like 13 in the ufc um, this was one of those ones that was weird to me because I don't, maybe it was just, I wasn't fully engaged in it, but I kind of felt like Kong was winning. No, I don't think you were engaged. Well, <laughs> I, it was the, I know I definitely gave Yaya the third round. I thought the first round was kind of close. I thought Kong won the second, but man, maybe I just missed it. Yaya outgrappled him for most of it. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, well, I went back and looked at the numbers Yeah, and he had like, yeah, like he significantly outgrappled yeah. and controlled. I it didn't was, have a problem with it. Well, not that. only that is it was, they knew like you, it's like what they said kind of in the post fight is people know what you're going to do and they still haven't been able to find a yeah. way to keep you from getting yeah, I just I feel like like the first round Kong like did such a good job and like really was messing Yaya up on the feet mm -hmm. and then it maybe did Yaya shoot in that round or yeah yeah uh, well I don't know if he shot but he definitely got it to the so ground that's I, oh, felt I think like, he pulled half guard so I felt like that mm -hmm. round maybe was kind of close mm -hmm. and then I felt like the second round I gave to Kong for some reason and then the third <laughs> round I definitely gave to Yaya yeah so I, I I think when they were on the feet Kong was definitely winning I don't I think there may have been a few flurries that Yaya had sure but, um mm -hmm. at, I think Yaya was just able to kind of implement his game on the ground more so than than what Kong was okay. on the feet. Yeah, so we want to go back and watch. Well, yeah. well, for Yaya, it's crazy because he doesn't lose to. I mean, he's lost to Ricky Simone, Joe yeah. Soto, you know, Chad Mendes, it's two in a row Benavides. for him. He just beat somebody, uh, Ray Rodriguez. Yeah, and before that, his fight before that was like a draw to yeah. um, Barzola or Barzola. Yeah, so you know he's he's on a nice little run now, but mm -hmm. he's up there in age, and but he is a vet man, and what he does, he does very well. Oh, right. So he's he is an interesting matchup. Um and then the first fight of the night, Adrian Yanez defeating our boy Davy Grant via split decision. Totally and I don't want to say totally. I disagree with this decision. Um I, I messaged you guys instantly. Um I thought Davy Grant won rounds one and two, gave round three to Yanez. Um I'm not upset about it. Um, I thought the first round was kind of closer, but I felt like Davy Grant, more activity. I thought he landed, even though the numbers didn't really support that, uh, maybe he just kind of landed the bigger shots to me. But um, it was a great fight, though. I don't want to yeah, take away from see, how good of a fight that was. How do you 30-27 that fight? 
Yeah, definitely not 30-27. Yeah, either one. Yeah, because it was 29-28, two judges, and then 30-27, one judge gave all three rounds to Davey Grant. I definitely don't see that because I think no. Yanez, if anything, significantly won the third round, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but yeah, thoughts on that fight because that was a amazing fight. Yeah, I thought once... High I'm, level. I agree. I, th- I think that's fight of the night. Um, and I think, you know, my only problem with Davey is when he missed, it was real big, spinny, looping shots, and it doesn't look good when you whiff those. Man, I thought he just didn't get his head off that center line either. He was just yeah. always there. To Giannis be, is a great boxer. Yeah, he, he he's too good of a boxer to just kind of keep your head right and then just come straight in and straight out like Davey was doing, and that's where he was really getting tagged. Um, that's where, he, well, the biggest mm-hmm. shots that he got landed was he was just coming straight in. At, yeah, you can't do that against a guy like no. Giannis. But I think Davey Grant is who he is at this point. Sure. He's going to go out on that shield, so... So, do we know much about does Grant have? Or sorry, does Grant have much of a uh, like a takedown game? Have we seen much of that? I mean, he he went for that really nice. I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I thought that double leg looked really good. That he went. I mean, granted, he didn't finish it. I think he it was in, for the, one, yeah. in the second round. Um, but the level change was nice. The shot was nice. Uh, he just didn't get his hands locked together when they were on yeah. the cage. I, so for me, I thought the, the the it was such a close fight. So literally, when yeah, they it were was close. The, when they were going to call the decision, I had no clue. I was like, I, this sure. could go either way, and I wouldn't be surprised. Sure. Um, but for me, I, I thought Grant. At least when I first started watching him, I had the impression that he sort of had a slight edge with grappling. Mm-hmm. It may have been some submission I saw him hit, but um, so I kind of thought like when that happened. In the striking was so close, he would start implementing a little bit more of that takedown or that sure. offense, trying to get it to the ground. I just didn't didn't quite see that, but I need to go go back and watch some of his fights to see. But yeah, man, I mean, he looked good. He was they were both always in it. Um, I, I don't agree with the scoring, um, how that went down, but yeah, it was a good fight. I, I think it was a real close fight, and it's a fight I would sign up to watch every week. I mean, they yeah, there's a you know there's a lot like I said. Said last week, uh, Ray Longo, you know, he's been a guy, big proponent on Yanez because mm-hmm. uh, they talked about it tonight. Is uh, his coach passed away? So I, it sounds like he does a lot of traveling to different gyms. Mm-hmm. And he said that he came in and he's like, that that kid's a champ. Like he's yeah. going to be a champ. And he is, you, anybody that fights him from now on, you, you just can't stand in front of him. No. You, you just can't. I mean, he is such a good boxer, yeah, man. Because Randy Costa is one of those guys who puts guys out. Yeah. Davy Grant is puts a guy guys who puts out. guys out. Oh, dude. And Dave, I'm telling you, man, like, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from Giannis because it was a close. Like I said, I'm not going to say I completely, but I did mm-hmm. disagree with the ultimate decision. But Davy Grant landed some big shots. Yeah. Giannis just kind of would turn his head, look away, shake it off, and was right back in. Yeah, they I'm said, like, "Gosh, he, man!" They said he didn't have a head coach for this fight. He's his head coach. His head coach died. That's why. Well, I'm just saying, away. like for this camp, like he didn't bring in yeah. like extra coaches. I don't think he did and for his, his last one. And his cornermen were his sparring partners. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he is the head MMA coach. They said at yeah. his gym. Wow. So it, it'll be interested to see how long he. Can keep that up because yeah, when you start moving like up, it's get, tough. He's gonna have to get plugged in, yeah. Because you don't like we talk about it, you know, with some other people. Is you never want to be the best guy at your gym, you know, because yeah. you, you know you kind of got to go. Pettis talks about that a lot when yeah. he talked about it for a while because he was kind of in that same spot where he, he yeah, was the best I think that's dude where it and, kind of originated. Yeah, and, and it's hard. It's hard to improving it better when you when you're always kind of the guy bringing other guys up. So sure. Yeah. Uh, well, boys, that is UFC Vegas Fight Night. 43 i think it was um anything else before we move on that i missed no okay I'm good with it all right well before we jump into the news john had mentioned it earlier but brandon before we move on are you okay with our uk ireland all mma team i will run through it it's from last week's episode i will run through it one more time for people that didn't if you didn't hear it 
go check out last week's episode. We did our all-time MMA team for the UK slash Ireland. Heavyweight, Tom Aspinall. Light heavyweight, Paul Craig. Middleweight, Michael Bisping. Welterweight, Leon Edwards. Lightweight, Conor McGregor. No, because that was literally... Didn't I send you that? What? I sent you a... Kind of like a, hey, I just want to make sure I'm not like messing up a country or something like uh-huh. that. And I sent you a list. And I'm pretty sure that was my exact list that I sent you. I don't I don't think left. you sent me a list. I, I think you me. sent, you might have sent the Connor thing. I think you just said like, oh, so I can use Connor. I think because you I'm going to go back and look. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm but but you're good positive. with the list. You're good with our yes, list. Yes, yes. I have no problems. Okay. Did, did okay. you listen to our uh, back and forth on a couple of the divisions? Yeah, welterweight was a tough one. We we I don't know if you heard. We definitely struggled at welterweight because there's so many people Cause like I told him, like I was a little bit tempted to put Dan Hardy. Cause I like I guess when we really originally started this, I wanted it to be maybe a little bit more all timeish than current. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, when you look at countries like we talked about with UK, is they're they're on the come up right now, and mm-hmm. um, it, and so we kind of had to do that mix of like now, like just all all time, you mm-hmm. know, current still fighting. So UK definitely got more heavy in the current fighters, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of Mike. Michael Bisping, so. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, I'm just kidding. So I had written down my team okay. when I sent you that message, and that was what I, I promise I didn't do this after I listened to your. Oh, okay. So it was literally our exact, exact team. Yeah. Uh, cool. So. Yeah, Dan. I told him Dan Hardy was a tough one for me at welterweight just because legendary, but. Yeah, but what Leon's, Leon's yeah, done. You're not, yeah, it's not even in. The, they, they're already tied in for UFC yeah. wins, and Leon's going to surpass it, mm-hmm. and it's just, it'd be silly. And, like, and you're talking about aging as this list, you know, in five years, what this yeah. list will, you know, we would look back like, why didn't we do Leon? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, the only person that I thought had a chance. Um, and, and not a big chance just because the UFC being the dominant would be MVP being 20 and one. Yeah. He just, man, and the problem with MVP and I'm a huge MVP fan, but his biggest issue is he has never fought good quality opponents really. And when he has like, um, we just saw with, uh, Lima, Lima, he lost to him the first time. And then some people, <laughs> think he lost this last one it mm-hmm. was a really close this last one but he just hasn't really cracked that like next yeah. level of like in terms of like the people he's fighting mm-hmm. and, and beating so and it's unfortunate too with bellator is although they have really good fighters at the top of all yeah. their divisions the middle down is well, not I think so great th- and i think that's why he's been pretty open about like he's been talking a lot about he wants to come to like the ufc and test right. himself because he i think he realizes that too like he's gonna have to break out of that bellator <laughs> Can you imagine market? the build up of him and hamzat Oh, it'd, it'd make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> He'd show up with the Pokeball, Hamza would step on it. Like, it would just be the weirdest thing ever. Uh, it'd be amazing. Well, boys, let's get into some news. Not too much this week, but we do have a couple things to update people. Big fight announcement in the 205-pound division. Tiago Santos versus Magomed Ankalov set to headline a fight night on March 12th, 2022. It's out there. That seems so far away. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, to be setting a fight already, but it's set in stone. But that's a big one, man. I mean, yeah. Santos is on a bit of a slump. Uh, Magomed's this guy that, you know, we all think could be championship material. Uh, you know, Santos, I think he's on like a two or three in a row. Did he beat Walker? Did he just beat Johnny Walker? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. But it was close. It was yeah, close it was fight. close. But Santos, you know, kind of like we were just talking about with Misha Tate, uh, he's just always going to be one of those guys that he wins one or two, and he's, you know, right back in there. Mm-hmm. So, Well, maybe you have to set that so far away because they're both going to have to travel, and you don't know what 
the COVID stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Because I don't think either one of them train in America. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe Santos. Oh, Santos trains a top team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He trains a top team. Uh, The next thing we have, like we mentioned with Hamzat Shemaev, is being rumored to be in the works for fighting. Why did I just just butcher that? Hamzat Shemaev versus Gilbert Burns, rumored to be in the works for a future date. Uh, so what were you saying? I, I, let me let me look and see if I can pull it up. I, I had seen something that um, I don't know if Gilbert did an interview or if he had just posted on social media, but essentially saying it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. But he definitely would never say no in the future if they if they th- gave him that fight. I think what I seen was it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I would be up for it. Is what it kind of what I kind of kind of sounds seen. like you don't want to fight. <laughs> I mean, me. yeah. Let me, let me see if I can pull up. What okay, I while you're doing that, also Hamzat Shemaev just defeating Jack Hermanson in a freestyle wrestling match. That was awesome. Yeah, to watch. He didn't uh, even let the ref like get him like settled in to start. Man, then. which then led me down the rabbit hole. I sent Brandon last night the Hamzat Shemaev freestyle wrestling highlight video. Dude, that like step over cartwheel thing that he does. He like basically gives guys the Russian just to like do that like cartwheel thing. I don't even know what it is. It's like crazy. It's insane. How do you think a do you think a wrestling match between him and Habib would be good, or do you think he's too big? I feel like he'd smash Habib. Too big. Too big. Way too big. I don't know. Does that make you want to go back and watch him in DC messing around a little bit when they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing we got is Al Iaquinta hints at retirement. Says he felt like he truly gave up in the Bobby Green fight after watching, and then and after watching Chandler versus Gagey, just doesn't think it's worth it anymore. So. I, I saw Brandon sent the clip and, and I did watch it. And I'll say this, man, I really appreciate the honesty in that, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Al's a guy that is just an absolute legend. I've always obviously super respected him. <clears throat> we talked about it recently. Gave Habib probably one of his toughest fights in the UFC on like 48 hours notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, just a legend, man. And if he feels like it's time and like he can truly assess himself and like, hey, I just don't really have it anymore. It's not worth it. Then let's, I'm all for that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, especially because I feel like as mixed martial arts is really going on, like growing is, I feel like we're kind of starting to see more people. Like we were seeing guys hang around a long time mm-hmm. and now we're kind of seeing a trend where guys are kind of getting out a little bit earlier or thinking a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, it seems like there's more opportunity though now too outside, for guys to go do things for sure. of fighting. Yeah. So. Whether it's coaching, commentating. Yeah. I mean, a guy like Ally Quinta, he's really invested in like reality or like, uh, uh, real estate, real estate, yeah. and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I agree, and I think guys are just being smarter with their yeah. money. Because how many guys, you know, uh, which we don't totally know the truth behind this, but it was rumored that like Nate Diaz only is fighting for money at this point, which is really sad, dude. Like mm-hmm. that's like, if you're in there at you know past what a lot of us think might be some of these guys' prime, you should really only be in there because you love it and you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Anderson Silva. Uh, he doesn't strike me as a guy that needs the money. Anderson's, you can tell, doing really well for himself, but he's addicted to fight. Like, he has to have right. that in his life. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's jujitsu or whatever, he's just always going to be involved in mm-hmm. competition. So, uh, but no, man, I really like that take from Al. And to be able to assess yourself so honestly like that, it's uh, respect to him. Man. Well, yeah, and, you, you know, you don't want to make that decision you know, after losing four in a row and being on the verge of getting cut, you know, sure. you, you, you nip it in the bud now. And who's to say, you know, you take a step away 
a year later you come back you got a different love for it like you know you don't have the pressure sure. of i need to book a fight because i'm on yeah. the roster and yeah you know, i think that would help a lot of guys to be honest especially guys who go on a skid or have a performance that they're they didn't look their best so i found that little thing that uh, burns said about jamaya you okay. want to read it real quick yeah yeah um, so this is a quote from Burns. I don't think he'll fight him while he's ranked at number 10. I think he'll fight one more time, and after winning against his top five or top six, getting closer to the top five, I'd fight him. No problem at all. Top 10, I wouldn't fight him, but that's me fighting my, against myself. Top 10 doesn't make sense, but I want to fight, so it's complicated. Question. We're going to go down a wormhole for a minute. Do you guys think the rankings are like a problem? Or yes. like that we shouldn't get so hung up on a number in front of a guy's name. Yes. Because I feel like back... <clears throat> listen to me, I sound like this like purist. Back in my day. Back in my day. But I feel like back in the day, guys advanced based off... Sure, off of wins and losses. Mm -hmm. Quality of wins, quality of losses. But there was a bit of that like... Um, like, I don't even know if rankings were a thing like when Connor was even coming up, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's just, kind of, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, like, for Gilbert Burns to say, like, oh, he's number 10 and I'm number three or four, like, why would I fight him? And it's like, okay, but if that wasn't there and you looked at what he's done and his performances and you didn't have a choice, like, you know what? Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Like, I don't know. So the common counter to that is well then why have a belt sure so but my thing is i think you i want the belt because i like to know oh, yeah. I, I like the idea 100%. of a top dog but i also love the idea of a belt you have a top dog but there's no rankings beneath that sure so everyone at the bottom you're just fighting for whatever you can get and i don't know i think that's allows and, for and, a lot more go ahead and no no i think and I, I think we can cycle guys better without numbers attached mm -hmm. to them because if a guy's ranked seven or eight like say like leon edwards who spent so long down like you know just cracking up above the top 10 but he was on like this crazy run but everybody's like oh well he hasn't beat number four yet and it's like yeah but he just walked everybody else before him mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like i don't know i just i feel like maybe it works for some in some cases it works in some cases mm -hmm. it doesn't but to look at like a Hamzat Shemaev and, and think that he doesn't deserve like a Gilbert Burns or a Vincente Luque or like, that's just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it just really crazy. Well, to me. a couple things. On and it. I feel like the number system is what, or the rankings kind yeah. of is what hinders some of that. A couple things. First thing, I don't think rankings came into around the Fox deal. I don't remember. I think shortly after that they started doing, and it was just like the UF. I, it was either Fox or ESPN kind of brought it I in. I think it was Fox because yeah. I think that's when you seen Connor start making his track up. And, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, other people. And, and I will say this too. There's also a politics side to it for Gilbert because you you stay in con you stay in title contention when you're number four you know, yeah but if you didn't know if you <clears throat> so if there wasn't a number system that's kind of what i'm saying is if there wasn't a number system and you didn't know hamzat was ranked number 10 right he was just hamzat shemaev this next contender would you look at it as like oh i'm number four i better not go loose number 10 or i could fall to number no, 10 no for you sure there's definitely yeah. that part too and and my final thing is that's what makes pfl so crazy Doing yeah. the season by season to where right. well, everybody is, fights everybody. Right. There isn't there is a former champion, but you all have yeah. to get your wins and sure. you all have to fight tournaments. The style. cool thing about that, if the UFC were to do something like that, then we don't have you know fans don't have to beg to yeah. see certain matchups they want to see. Right. Like how bad do people want to see like Michael Chandler versus Connor? Yeah. But yeah. if you have that tournament style, you can almost guarantee outside of injuries that's going to happen to something. Mm -hmm. Well, that's yeah, and and a lot of people have been like big on Dane about doing like Grand Prix and stuff. He just does not. He said he thinks they're tacky. It wasn't his idea. It, 
a hundred percent. And and there's other promotions that are doing it very successfully and mm. it gets a lot of hype. So yeah, he doesn't want to seem like he's just trying to ride the wave mm. basically. Yeah. And you, and he misses his opportunity to make these three fights headline fights. Well, and it's what made pride so no. big and, and he yeah. bought, you know, so it, yeah, there's a lot of politicking to it as well, but I don't know. Some, sometimes like I, I know we do follow the rankings cause they are there. So we do mention them, but that's also how the UFC books. So we yeah. have to address them and talk right. about them and, and make them a real thing. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just want to bring that up. So it's something about the, the, the rankings is, you know, they're generated by the, the media. Yeah, yeah. They get a vote. Do you feel like it should be somebody else? No, because I think that's about as objective. Because if you put it in charge of the UFC, they're going to push their... Like, Hamza would probably be ranked number three right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think having a third party, you know, kind of non-biased uh, yeah. is probably your best bet. And then you don't want to do the fans uh, because then it becomes a popularity thing too. Same thing. So I think the media, you know, and, you know, I don't know, maybe there should be like a, a former fighters panel or something too or... Uh, you know something like that 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 can kind of have a vote mm-hmm. maybe uh but yeah it'd be even that could get a little biased well with like college sports you have a coach's poll you have yeah. the ap associated press sure you know they have like three or four different polling systems and then the average is what the rankings are mm. made yeah. out of yeah so. interesting yeah there i think it could be refined a little bit but i think the media does a this is an okay. I don't have a problem typically where guys are ranked guys and girls um it's just i feel like sometimes like those numbers are so finite and how yeah. fights are booked. Well, and, it and, just and I think there is, drives a, me nuts. there is a level of biasness sometimes because you'll see guys lose two or three and they still got a number. Yeah. Whereas there is a guy who has four or five in a row. Sure. They have to work a little bit harder. Well, Brandon, let's hear. I am pretty pumped about this. Are we ready for this? Facts. Oh, yeah. Don't care about your feelings. Brandon. Okay. Let, let me, us know let what you're going to do right now. Pull it up real quick. Okay, so what I'm going to do is just kind of go through all of the weight classes and let you guys know. Do you want to do them one at a time or all at once? How so are you gonna do that? that's what I was going to ask. I can do it either way. Um, what do you think, John? You decide. Because mm. we were talking about it earlier, and I wasn't sure. Do you want him to do who, like, heavyweight, he says it, we can respond, or do you well, want him to run? My, my thinking was if I go through them all at once, the, the thing, that because there might be a few where you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, but then there might be others where you're like, oh, so then, like, if any of them stand out, we can kind of jump to those first. Or, But I don't know. You tell well, let, me. Let's do it one at a time because if we do agree, we can just be like, yeah, okay. Okay. Let me pull up the list. Let's hear it. Okay. Do you, and so what I didn't do, I didn't include females in this list. Not to sound sexist. Not to so sound sexist, but. Only three-way classes. <laughs> I think this is going to be the title of the episode, Nunes Brandon's and, Not Sexist. And Nunez and Shevchenko are kind of your big, obviously your big two there. So it was more. More females. Okay. Do you, right. and, and these are all who you think are going to be champion next year. At the, at the end of 2022. By the end of next year. Okay. All right. Heavyweight. Cyril gone. Mm. And he'll probably have a title defense against John Jones. Ooh. It's a hot take. That is a hot take. I, I can't say that I have like a strong argument because I think that the... I think when it comes to heavyweight, a lot of these fights are 50-50. Whoever lands, whoever does something. It's so tough. And we haven't seen John Jones at heavyweight, so we just yeah. don't know either. That's the tough thing. I will say this, and and I guess kind of bearing a little, I do think Surreal Gon's going to beat Francis Ngannou. I don't know. I just, Oof. I think he's better. I think he has more ways to win the fight. And 
it, it's hard to hard to hit what you can't hit. I guess is how I feel. Well, so I, I will say this: I'm not I, I'm not crazy. Like the Shrogan doesn't doesn't really. I don't I don't agree with you, but I don't disagree hard enough to argue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are we gonna leave that one there? Yep. Okay. We can leave that there. I mean, we'll get to that fight. So yeah, um, that's actually a fight booked. So sure. we'll be talking about it. All right, light heavyweight. Yuri Prohash. How do you say the last name? Prohashka. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm with, with that. that man. I yeah. I mean, and, he's scary. I mean, Magomed is a guy that I could see being up there. Um, I'm trying to think, I I don't think he's. I think he's way better. Two two hundred five to me is very similar to heavyweight. There's kind of a lot of just up in the air because I, mm-hmm. I I love Glover. I just but I don't see him sustaining. What about a Paul Craig though, man? What do you think he could do next? I year? just don't. I don't. I just. He to me is kind of like because I feel like guys. he gets anybody on the ground and it's they're in trouble. I haven't really what about seen Glover. Him. Oh, Glover's one and done. I think. No, no. Do you think he would do Glover like that if he got him on the ground? Glover's really good. Oh yeah, I, I think don't he, know. I think he would do what he did to who, Shogun. I think he would do to Glover what he did to Shogun. Then he put did he choke he, him TKO'd, out? He take it, TKO'd Shogun. Oh, okay. from the back. I remember he put him out. But I I think <clears throat> to me to me Paul Craig. Jeez, Paul Craig is one of those guys that um he just never. He he never shows up in those big yeah. fights. Jerry Prohasha. Yeah, I mean, I I think Jerry's the next guy, man. I really do. And I, I think I told you guys, I don't know if I said it on the pod, but there was a uh, a video uh when Glover was walking out of the arena after he just won this belt. <laughs> you sent it and, to the group on Instagram. And oh dude, and the camera kind of pans over to Jerry and the crowd kind of just watching Glover walk out with the belt, and he's just, like, shaking his head, not saying a word, just stone-faced, just like... <laughs> he's scary. He is a... Dude, I'm going to I'm gonna find the video and show you. It yeah, gave you gotta, me... You gotta show me that It one. gave me, like, full-body chills. It was like... It was like this... Like, you know, like, when a movie ends, and then they, they set up the sequel, mm-hmm. like, the bad guy's, like, still alive, and that, it, was, that, and was, that it. was, like, it. And I'm just like, like, oh, my God. He's going to be... He's going to win it. Yeah. He's going to win it. And, I mean, if you look at... <laughs> if you look at him and Ozdemir, and you look at him and Reyes, he isn't running away with the fight until he finishes it. Yeah. It's like, oh gosh, you probably shouldn't have been in there with mm. that guy. Yeah. And that's just the type of scary potential yeah, he has. He is scared. Kicking trees and stuff. Okay. Middleweight. Middleweight. That's where we get dicey. Israel Adesanya. Okay. Yeah. I just I don't think that he's kind of getting in that Usman territory where he's gonna I think he's starting to laugh guys. The only guy really at eighty five that comes to mind that's stands out as a as a fun fight is that um Pierre. Um, mm, Alex, yeah, and he's still got a lot of work. Yeah, to he's do. got a lot of work, and uh, not just in terms of winning fights, but in terms of think... MMA development. Like, even mm-hmm. if they get that fight, I don't think he beats Izzy. I, and I don't think that fight happens in the next year, anyway. Unless he no, just goes I, I, don't, crazy. I don't, and that's kind of my point. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I unfortunately don't think Izzy's going to be very active in twenty two because um, I don't know who they're going to really give him. Whitaker's um, interesting. That fight's still well, Whitaker happens yeah. in February, so that's that's true. Um, but outside of him, well, it's, it's the end of next year. Oh no! I'm just saying he's going to fight in 2022 early, yeah. so it'll be, it will be interesting to see if he gets another one in by the. He's end. fighting Whitaker early, right? Yeah, in yeah. February. Yeah, and I, I think Izzy wins that fight. I think Whitaker's awesome, man, but I just think the way he lost to Izzy, you don't forget that, and yeah. I have a feeling that's going to be it play play a big part when they fight again. Yeah, I think unless uh, unless Hamzat can't make 170 anymore, and he and they thrust him into 85, there's not really many people who stylistically and even just <clears throat> mentally have the what it takes to really get through somebody like what Izzy's been doing don't, people. Don't sleep on Blonde Brunson, man. Undefeated. 
Don't sleep on him. Yeah. I really, I really do like Sean Strickland too. I, yeah, I think he's a scary, scary dude, <clears throat> and I think he's he's durable. Yeah, that's all I'll say. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, Izzy's a different planet, but I'm not saying anything. The, the scariest fight for me would be Brunson because I think if Brunson can go out there and land his takedowns, we know Izzy's not getting off his back. So yeah, but Brunson's got to be able to hit the takedowns, and he, like most people, gets he, when he was in front of Izzy the first time was mesmerized yes mm -hmm. that's yeah. what happens so. well and there's and at 85 there's not people who are necessarily holding him down either the way that Jan was True. able to so yeah and five rounds i mean yeah I, I think izzy's one of those at this point i think he's earned the i have to go with them until somebody can do yeah it at, yeah at that's kind of what i think too yeah. that's why i think the the Usman comparison is definitely yeah. right there walter wait Ooh. I'm such a Maya. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, and here's why. Oh. I honestly don't know. I, I don't know if he fights Usman. I think uh, just the way Usman talks about, like, his injuries and, and how much wear and tear he's mm -hmm. got, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Usman walks away at some point very similar to Habib. Like, we all kind of think it's a little early. Mm -hmm. um, but even if he does fight Hamzat, man, I'm just a different dude. I just mm. have a feeling he gets his hands on Usman. I, the, the same way we thought Woodley was kind of this dude walking through everybody, and then Usman did what he did, did to Woodley. Yeah, I could see Hamzat being that guy for Usman. I mean, we. I do mm. think. I I do think Hamzat will fight for the title in 2022 as long as he keeps winning, and I and I do think he will. I I don't see many people at the top of 70 uh, that are going to give him much problem. I mean, I just don't. I mean. Maybe a Luke. I mean, I, I think he dogs Gilbert Burns. I really do. I think Leon would be. Because here's the thing: you've never, you haven't seen him get hit. You got to see if people can take Jemias. punches. Yeah, like yeah, these but, guys hit hard. And nobody's been able to. So, hit him. No, That's for sure. Thing. But I'm saying, but when it happens, you have to see it happen before. But Usman's ran through everybody. Yeah, but He's at some point, that, yeah, but doesn't it become at some point exactly what you said to Izzy and like until somebody can do it, you just have to go with it. No, because he hasn't done it against the top guys yet. I don't know. He's done it with. I mean, everybody's done it against has two arms. So. No, but they're not top five guys. They're not top. I mean, but when you're a professional fighter in MMA, I think you're a good fighter. You know how to throw no, a punch. No, but there's levels. You can't tell me there aren't levels. There's levels, but everybody can punch. No, for sure. Everybody gets And everybody can get hit. I mean, how many so, times has Izzy been? I mean, if you go back and watch Izzy's fights, I guarantee he got hit in every fight. For sure. So but I'm, Even but, his first fight. But what I'm saying, these are top level guys. that. And you're saying Shemayev just hasn't done that. I, I just say I want to see it. I, I'm not. I can't give him a. Yeah, but maybe he just is that good. That's what. I'm, that's the thing. But to, for me to say he's that good, it, like I said, everybody has to do it. They keep I on having know. to beat that guy until so, they get so to the he top. Fights Gilbert Burns, doesn't get touched, beats him up or chokes him out. You you have the same position. I, that you gives still him need to see it. That gives him the one. Like I said, with Connor, with Izzy, with these guys, it, it's always well. I need to see this and see this until they get to the top, and then you have to kind of just relinquish it at that point. Yeah. I'm just saying I will never bet against Usman until somebody beats him. I just, I just think the think difference for me, the difference maker for me is that Chemaev, he can strike. Yeah, and it's not like he just. I think for a minute I could kind of say like, oh, okay, well when he he knocked out Mirshar, it may have been a little lucky. But no. watching his fights and the kicks he throws and the way he mm -hmm. moves, nah, I think that dude can strike. Like I'm not um, saying he can't. I'm just saying uh, Usman's earned that for me. The, Usman's great, man, but I don't think he's fought somebody as aggressive and as complete as Chamaya right. is as as 
credentialed with the wrestling, and it's different from Colby because Colby's wrestling is very much I'm shooting double legs, yeah. and I'm sure Kamaru's got the hips of, that no, nobody else can compare. Sure. But Shamayev, I have a feeling if he gets up top, he can match Usman strength for strength because he's a big boy. Yeah. He's fought mm-hmm. at 85. So he gets he gets up top with Izzy, or I'm sorry, Usman. I have a feeling that Usman might go for a ride. Yeah. I just have a feeling. He gets on his hips, yeah. It's, it's just tough because just like him, nobody's done that. I know. But that's so, the yeah. But, that, I mean, it, it does make it compelling for sure. Yeah, I think Hamzat's going to get there in 2022. Whether he does it or not, I don't know. We'll have He's to see. I mean, in, investment-wise, I kind of want him to. I got a lot of rookie cards. <laughs> so. This is true. <laughs> All right, lightweight. Mm. Is Connor McGraw? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Islam Mahachev. I don't know about this one, man. I don't. I don't know. I've been. I've been saying. I. I think everybody's keeping it warm for Islam. Uh, but man, I just. I. I just have this feeling. If Dustin gets that belt, I feel like he's gonna hold on to it for a minute. I don't know why. I think he vacates. I think he goes. Unless that's what I'm saying. Unless unless he wins it and vacates. Um. And I think I think Islam Dustin's a great fight. I'd love to see that mm-hmm. fight. Love to see that fight. Um, but I mean, I, I have been saying I think everybody's keeping the belt warm for Islam. So, uh, but I don't know. Dustin makes it interesting. I'm really high on Dustin. Well, I think the Justin fight's interesting. The Justin fight is very. I think interesting. if Oliveira beats Poye, that's interesting because Oliveira's d- super dangerous off of his back. Yeah, and he has the power now where he's putting people out. Yeah, Oliveira's striking scares me a little bit. To yeah. be honest with you, and I mean, you know, I, I never understood. I still don't understand Gaethje's whole thing of he's a quitter. Like he didn't rally with one of the biggest comebacks ever to get the belt. I think that's Gaethje trying to hype himself. Oh, up. for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. But I think that narrative is just—it's just silly. But um, there's definitely, you know, I, th- I think he's one step, for me, he's one step further, Islam is, than Hamzat. But I do think that Islam is, you know, he's he is right there. You know, it's, when it gets to those top, you know, three, four guys, I think that's where, you know, Habib basically put his stamp <clears throat> on of, I'm so much better than you guys at this thing. So I have to see Islam do that against those guys because I don't think he can stand up with any of those guys. But I need to see if he can do what Habib was able to do to them mm-hmm. when it comes to Gaethje and Poirier. We'll see. We will see. Um, all right, featherweight, Alexander the Great, Volkanovsky. I just think he's a guy who's going to, and he said it, yeah, I'm going to have this belt for a long time. And the way he... Got really for me when he got through those submissions of Ortega, mm-hmm. nobody's taking this belt away from this. Yeah, dude. I'm kind of looking here. I, I I still like Giga Chikadze. I I don't know if he gets that high in 2022. Arnold Allen's another guy. Um, yeah. I, I think he's up. I, I'll be honest. I would love to see Yair get there. Um, the mm-hmm. Max thing kind of derails him. And I'm saying this because the only reason I'm not arguing Max is we kind of talked about it a little bit this week because you had sent the Max Poirier fight that the yeah. UFC posted. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I said it, I, I just kind of feel like Alexander, for whatever reason, Volk has Max's card a little bit. Uh, but I, I genuinely think Max Holloway, lightweight, 2022. And that maybe for the the last... Last the, hoorah. The, the, the lightweight that you just mentioned, Max could throw a wrinkle into that as well. Oh, Max Islam? 
Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because Max, I I, do, I genuinely feel like Max is going to move up in next year. That'd be a fun I one. I don't unless unless they offer him the Alexander fight one more time. I don't think we see Max fight at one forty five ever again. Did you see Volk's comments about that? No. He said um, he wants he wants to fight Max again. He mm-hmm. said I'll fight Max again, but he says I don't think Max wants that fight because yeah. if you go zero and three against me. Then that legacy is very, very tarnished. Sure, people mm-hmm. are still giving Max. And that. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he wants it, I could see him taking the bulk fight again. But I, I think Max lightweight 2022. That might be my biggest take. <laughs> yeah. all, I, I think Max. We may never see him. I would love. To, again. I would love to see him, especially if he can commit to to lightweight. Because mm-hmm. with the Poirier fight, you know, I don't think he was really as as committed as he should be or should have been. Um, but mm-hmm. I think if he can really get into the weight room and put some put some weight on. That'd be a fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I would say Giga Arnold Allen, and then Yair. The good thing for him is he didn't lose a lot of stock, and if somebody gets hurt no. or whatever, he could fill in. I think. Well, he's, you look at the top of that division, and he matches up really well with yeah. everybody. I mean, nobody's like an outstanding grappler that's gonna you know sit and ride your legs. And, the only and, one that would have made. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, um, you're good. The only one that would have made a, a big difference for me is, um, holy crap. He's not. He's like out of the rankings right now. Oh, uh, Zabit. Yes, Zabit. Yeah, but um, nobody knows what's up with yeah, him. That's yeah, that's the only. That's the only thing. Let's get the bantamweight because I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Because this is this is a tough. It's a big one. one. This is a big division. Piotr Jan. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, you don't think TJ beats him? No, I don't because I think Sanhag can beat TJ. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I think, do too. I think Sanhag can beat TJ pretty convinc- convincingly. Rob. So that yeah. would probably be my hot take because that guy. Marab is different. <laughs> I literally, I agree with Dustin Poirier, who said this. I think it was this week. Um, I think Pierre Jan's the best boxer in the UFC. Oh, I, I wouldn't deny that. But what Marab does to people overall, his grappling, his chin, and his durability, his pace. Marab, yeah. my Marab's my twenty twenty two dark horse. Because I, I, I think Piotr's grappling is really underrated. Yeah, he's my, a blue belt. His, his scrambling ability. Well, Habib's a white belt. So. <laughs> yeah. My hot take for that division. Jose Aldo, the old dog's bringing it back. No, right? no. Yeah, I don't even think he's going to beat Rob Font in two weeks. Well, we'll get to that later. It's wishful thinking. <laughs> Flyweight. This one was tough. This is for interesting. Me. There's some interesting. Yeah, ones this here. this one was tough for me, but um, I know who I think though. Brandon Moreno. Not me. It's my guy. I think Askar Askarov. Really? Yeah. They fought once before. Yeah. And it was a draw, I believe. Yes, I think. Um, yeah. But I think. The improvements that Moreno's made, granted we've seen him more, but it's up been against Figgy. I, I think that's going to keep him a little bit above Askarov. I think Askarov's kind of always going to be that. I think Askarov beats Figgy. Yeah. But I don't think he'll beat Moreno. I think Pantoja. He's uh, beat Askarov already. Yeah, he has. He does have to beat him. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on Figgy in 2022 either, training with uh, Henry Cejudo now. That's a good point. It's That could be very – I mean, we saw what it did for Wei Lee. Uh, you know, I know Whaley lost that fight, but definitely showed some improvements. She looked, good, man. She looked really good. Mm-hmm. And dude, imagine Figueiredo hitting some freaking double legs, or at least being able to defend them. Or well, John know. Jones is there now, so maybe the oblique kick. Yeah, maybe yeah. the oblique. Kick. <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe yeah. some eye pokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very very true. Well, I like it, man. Okay, so you think? Uh, I think Amanda retires in twenty twenty two. What do you think? I hope so. New champs all around in those divisions. I, if she retires, I mean. Yeah. Probably, but if she does, I guess I'm kind of assuming at this point that she won't. Yeah, and so it, that that could be in the case. I keep her. I keep uh, I keep Valentina. Yep. 25. I don't think she's going anywhere. Uh, 15's really your, your only toss up. Yeah, you know you got Marina Rodriguez, Esparza, uh, 
Yeah. Rose, Wei Lee could be there. You never know. Yeah. 15 is really a big toss up for me. It, yeah. Know. Well, I like it. That was fun. Who's a, who's just off the top of the cuff. Who's somebody you think creeps into the top five pound for pound next year. That's not already in there. Yep. Jerry Prohoshka. Mm, yeah. I was going to say Islam. Mm, I think either of them. They might both be in there. Yeah. If Islam wins. Well, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think because if, if Islam wins the belt in the streak he's been on, kind of have to push him up there. Yeah, we could be in for a while. One of the biggest, like, wildest rides in MMA yeah, next year. Up, man. Just a lot of shake up. Yeah. Because every. Dude, there's so many. Everybody's getting good. Everybody's getting really, really good. Well, before we get out of here, John, hit us with your song of the week. My song of the week. I am going to go with. <clears throat> Because I'm not going to be able to do it next week when we pick for the fights. Run this town, Jay Z. Let's go. All right, Jay Z and Rihanna. It's Jose Aldo's walk. Why can't song. you do it next week? Because I won't be picking songs next week. Oh, okay, gotcha. You could have paid Brandon like a dollar. No, he wants to pick like something that's only on a track. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Brandon, before we go, one for the people, and I'm going to control it this week. I want to know what are you most thankful for, and what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Mm, what am I most thankful for? I guess. I'm going to say I'm most thankful for my kid this year. Um, I know it's really fun seeing a little, your, a little human that you created grow up. And he's kind of getting to that stage now where like he's walking, he's opening doors, like doing little stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to see mm-hmm. those progressions. Like I, I don't know how else to explain that other than I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to feel the way I feel until I had the kid. Fair so, enough. Uh, my favorite dish, dude, there's so many. That's really hard. Corn casserole though, especially if, Ash makes it because that yep. was literally the best I've ever had. Yeah. John. Same thing. Yep. Most thankful for probably that the the bounce back from COVID, man. Yeah. 2020 was rough. And the beginning of 2021 was rough. So being able to get back to some normalcy and a little bit of stability, very thankful for that. You know, having regular holidays, being able to see family. Like mm-hmm. Christmas was rough last year. Um Favorite Thanksgiving food? Mm, chocolate pie. Ooh, I love chocolate pie, especially from Moore's. Yeah. Oh, have you ever had it? No. It's like that. Oh, I feel like you, so I feel like you would hate it. With like the marshmallows, it's like chocolate. Pie. Oh, it's I'm more so of a good. traditional pumpkin pie, apple pie. Oh, I love, pie. I love pumpkin pie too. But my favorite pie here, gotta laugh, is lemon pie. Oh, yeah. water pie, water <laughs> pie. <laughs> just the crust nothing on the inside yeah. just crust just like crust oh uh, well i am actually excited i would like to take this time to tell you guys that i am thankful for absolutely nothing doesn't surprise me you sound like a scorn guy with a broken ankle the double chump gets what he deserves and i want it all baby favorite dish is Definitely Ash's corn casserole, hundred <laughs> percent. Like I pretty much make her make it. <laughs> was, for it was it last year that I tried that? Versus I don't, or the I don't year know. Before? Was it? I don't know. I don't know, but I definitely that oh, was a dude. game changer for I, me. I make her make it for everything: summer, winter. For, I've had a lot of corn casserole, and that's literally the best. Oh, I've had. it's so good. I wish more people would do corn casserole than green bean casserole. Yeah, I don't like. Oh, yeah, I don't mind green bean casserole, but oh. yeah, I get what you're I've saying. I've just never had it where I was just like, I waited also, all year for this. Also, big stuffing guy. Mm. Love. Would you eat, do you like stovetop stuffing? Not really. I, I will eat it, but I just like my grandma made the absolute <laughs> best stuffing in the world. <clears throat> so I'm a little bit picky on my stuffing, but I do like it. I'm also a dark meat guy on the turkey. Ugh, I can do without turkey. Like, yeah, I'll eat like one piece, one yeah. piece of size piece, and I'm good. 
Yeah, we're doing, my mom's kind of switched up lately. Like this year we're doing like prime rib mm. or uh, brisket. Sorry, brisket. We mm. did, we've done prime rib before though. So she's, she usually like Thanksgiving switches it up. We do like different stuff. We've done like Italian before That's or cool. whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just get away from the traditional stuff every once in a while. So, well, that's it, man. And we are thankful for you guys as well. We started this podcast in January and we're still rocking. 51 in, baby. Coming yeah. up on a year. Coming mm-hmm. up. It's coming fast, but we're thankful that you guys are still mm-hmm. listening. Hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families. We'll see you next Monday. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble.